Welcome to Frank Granola. I'm going to do a few videos on real property, selling and buying residential contracts of sale, things of that nature. It seems to go in tandem with uh, the type of neighborhood general practice that I have. I do have a specific focus on issues that affect the elderly. I do guardianship, estate planning, and I do real estate. I have an associate, we, together we handle contested matters in the fields of guardianship, probate, um, and divorce. But real estate is a thread that runs through many of my areas of practice. We represent uh, divorce and couples, and the property will ultimately be sold, often enough. In the context of estate planning, we have to deal with property and even transfer property due to changes and things of that nature. In the estate administration, right, probate or, or an administration proceeding in surrogate's court, often enough, uh, as a result of obtaining the permission and authority of the court, we will ultimately sell real property. So again, we handle quite a lot of real property. So I'm in the middle of a, uh, a, a buy-sell for a client. Client sold property. They actually, husband and wife, went to live with their adult child. And now they're waiting for, um, to, to complete their purchase of a new uh, home. Client was in the office today and asked, when do you think I can move in? Well, I'm kind of taking you at the tail end, but there's an on or about date closing. Typically that's 60 days, doesn't have to be, it could be in line with some other date, but we have not yet in this transaction approached the date that we have set in the contract. But some of the, I'll, I'll phrase it this way, a limiting factor to move into the new property is, do you have your money secured? Right? Is your lender willing to give you the money now? That's by a written commitment and then bank clearance. Are the title issues cleared? Meaning there's no judgments or liens or violations and the two other external factors meet up. Are you willing to move in now? And is the seller willing to get out? Do they have a new place to live? So all of that has to be coordinated. How long does the buyer have to obtain a mortgage in a real estate transaction? Let's go through the dates, times, days, possibilities. When a buyer and seller get into contract, within the contract is a paragraph called a mortgage contingency clause. In that, it typically gives a time frame of 45 days. 45 days to obtain a mortgage commitment. That's a written commitment from a lending institution that says, based on uh, credit, credit of the applicant, 
physical condition of the property uh, and a financial snapshot right, of the applicant. Credit and house, they're willing to commit to lend X dollars. Now, the mortgage con contingency clause will provide for 45 days, typically, and it will give a dollar amount that the uh, borrower cannot borrow greater than. So, say a, uh, a property is uh, being sold for a million dollars. It may very well be that the buyer is going to put down $200,000 from savings and borrow 800000 that would be a conventional type loan. So in the contract of sale, it may say the contingency clause may prevent the borrower from borrowing greater than 800,000. Doesn't mean that the borrower couldn't borrow more. However, if they attempted to borrow more and did not get that mortgage, they could not use that mortgage declination as a reason to back out. Really, to be safe, the borrower should borrow an amount at or less than what the contingency provides. And that's a negotiated point. I received the question, who signs the contract of sale? I figured I'd answer it. I never had a question like this before. Um, I guess it's because I'm doing a series now and people are submitting some questions. I'm going to look at the questions and try to answer them um, as I get them. Let me give the framework of this. The seller, seller has an attorney, seller's attorney, this is in New York, prepares a contract of sale. The contract goes to the buyer's attorney. There'll be negotiations back and forth. The buyer's attorney does not sign the contract. The contract is signed by the buyer, by the named buyer. So it could be a, a single person, a husband and wife. It could be two friends. It could be uh, paramours. It could be uh, siblings. So the people on the contract that will ultimately be the owners of the property, that's who signs the contract. It can also be a corporation, an LLC, or a trust. So a trust, a revocable trust, a revocable trust, a corporation or a limited liability corporation or even a professional corporation or a PLLC can buy property and the, uh, who, who, would, who would sign that? The president, um, the uh, managing member, right? A person with an official capacity on behalf of the corporation can sell. So. That's who signs the contract, and ultimately that's who would take uh, title. What's title? Well, when you go to a closing, uh, big picture, buyer gives the money for the purchase price to the seller, the seller gives the money and the keys. Ta-da! I asked uh, who could sign a contract of sale, right? That was the question. And I gave all of the persons that, and entities that could be the buyer both parties have to be signatories to the contract. So, uh, real property is sold by contract. That's in New York State and in all of the states. 
a verbal agreement to sell is not binding. It has to be in writing. It could be a back of the napkin deal. It could be the pre-printed form contract that people use. It could be an attorney drawn up contract. Well, in New York, it should be an attorney drawn contract. What I meant is it could be complicated or simple. It could be four pages. It could be 22 pages. You have to sell property through a contract of sale. There's the seller. The seller could be any one of a number of entities, a corporation, a real person, a trust. The buyer can be the same. There's always uh, terms to the contract of sale that are negotiated points. You need the, well, the names of the persons, right? I got that. It has to be sold by the owner. A third party can't sell a property. You need the price. Seller and buyer have to agree on certain uh, contingencies within the contract. Price is one of them. The down payment and how much mortgage can be borrowed. So if you're buying a property for a million dollars, if the buyer had to borrow 990,000, that's less of a secure deal. If the borrower had to, the buyer, borrower, right, there's a slash there, only borrowed 200,000 and they put down 800,000 from their bank account and only borrowed 200,000, well, that would be a very secure deal. So it's a negotiated point. How much is the seller willing to permit the buyer to borrow? In residential contracts, a conventional mortgage is uh, borrowing 80% of the sales price. In uh, small commercial transactions, a typical uh, transaction would be 30% down, 70% of the price uh, of the property as a mortgage. Who prepares a contract of sale in a real estate transaction? The seller prepares a contract of sale. That's the standard practice. The person that is selling a piece of property engages the services of an attorney in New York. Other states may do it differently. In New York, you need an attorney and the attorney prepares a contract of sale with the information that's pertinent to the deal. The property address, the name of the seller, the name of the buyer, uh, the down payment, the mortgage contingency clause, and then sends the contract, typically with a writer, to the attorney for the buyer. And then the buyer and the buyer's attorney will review, uh, request changes, make changes, um, amend the contract in some way, perhaps. Is, there is discussion about it. There's conversation. I can go over at some point what possible changes a buyer might want. But sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And the buyer will sign, ultimately, a few copies of the contract with a down payment and send that back to the attorney for the seller. And the seller and the attorney and their attorney will review if there are any changes or review terms and conditions of the contract and then affix their signature. The deposit will be placed into the attorney's escrow account. It can't be used 
pledged, given away. Nothing can be done with it. It's uh, in a sacred account until the date of closing. And um, that's a little bit of a snapshot of who prepares a contract of sale. What happens if the buyer does not obtain a mortgage within the contingency period? As explained, the contract of sale will have a mortgage contingency clause. It provides for the amount and the period of time within which the buyer, borrower, can secure a mortgage. If the borrower is not able to secure the mortgage within the time frame prescribed, well, a couple of things can happen. The buyer can ask for additional time. The seller could grant it. Oftentimes, that at least happens once. Right? They'll ask for an additional 30 days or another time period because either they're close to getting a mortgage or they want to try another lender. They want to explore other options. So that's one thing that can happen. Borrower could also ask for additional time and the seller could say no. You know, custom, case law, the additional time is routinely granted. Um, now, if the borrower, buyer, same in this scenario, if the borrower does not obtain a mortgage and um, they really don't want to continue with the transaction because the house isn't uh, valued, uh, you know, something approximate to the price that they're paying, or it's been revealed that they don't have a long enough credit history, or they have too much open debt, well, they could take that declination and send it to the, um, to the seller and receive the down payment back. Uh, but if they really want to go forward with the transaction, they can look to secure a mortgage from uh, any of the major lending institutions, right? Chase, Ridgewood Savings Bank, Citibank, and all of your local regional banks. And at least that would give them the opportunity to explore uh, further financing options. What happens if the buyer gets declined for a mortgage? I've been speaking about real estate transactions, and I told you that there's a mortgage conting contingency clause in the contract. It provides for how much a borrower can borrow and provides a time frame. Typically, it's 45 days from the date of contract. A buyer has to secure a mortgage commitment. What happens if the buyer attempts to get a mortgage and is declined? Well, that's part of the contingency clause in a contract. If a, a borrower made a diligent, faithful attempt to secure a mortgage and either uh, the bank didn't like the property or the appraisal didn't come out right relative to the purchase price um, or the bank didn't like the credit or there was too much debt in the name of the buyer, for whatever reason, if after making a good faith attempt to secure a mortgage and the, the lender declines to give the borrower a mortgage, well, 
once there's written proof, a mortgage declination letter, that can be provided to the seller's attorney and the seller's attorney can reimburse, return the deposit, and there'll be no further obligations between buyer and seller. It's something that's part of a contract of sale. You could negotiate it out if it's a cash deal or a, some other type of transaction, but the typical transaction has a contingency clause, and if the borrower can't obtain a mortgage or is declined, they're let off the hook. Deposit is returned, everyone goes back home. I'm really at the, the mortgage contingency stage in the several videos that I've played, uh, recorded. I'm gonna jump ahead to the closing because I have a closing tomorrow. So in the day before the closing, typically not much before that, we will ask the bank attorney to provide to us a net uh, net mortgage proceeds. I'll go into that deeper at some other level. But the net mortgage proceeds is the sum of money that the bank is willing to lend less the bank expenses. Uh, so whatever the cost of the loan, also the startup of escrows, um, that's uh, typically one-twelfth of insurance, right? In the annual insurance premium, uh, one-twelfth of taxes, and that number gets put into the, uh, the mortgage amount. But the banks do what's called net funding. So they start up these escrows and they pay themselves before they provide money to the uh, buyer. I'll break this down over several more videos, but on the day before closing, there's always a, a bang bang where you have to get the net mortgage proceeds and tell the bank how to make their checks payable to the seller and how, to, and how the buyer would make checks to the seller as well. And uh, this is the subject for continued videos. If you need to speak with me about real estate, frankbrunolaw.com.